Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Do you know the rules of the game? Yeah. Do you know the rules of the game? I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Let's talk. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I don't want to talk to you. You should need to get this tape. Hey, I got money on my mind. Yeah. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on, do what I want to do, have kids, go live my chip and joy in the games like out here in Texas, or struggle for next week. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my co-host, Spellers. How y'all feeling? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy, Jalen, you know, chilling, quarantine style in the house. Uh, you know, blessed, blessed to be here. What's up with the rest of y'all? How y'all boys feeling, man? It's your boy Kelly here checking in. Um, and actually, I ain't no quarantine over in Texas. I don't know. Greg Abbott is not having no quarantine right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you live in the Wild West, dog. Hell yeah. What's what good? What's good? What's good, y'all? It's Jerry checking in. It's your boy just over here chilling, man. Quarantine and cooling, bro. Ain't too much to do. Just, just they trying still to get working? Huh? They still got you working too? Uh, I got to work from the office. Like, they're not allowing me to go out to, like, people's houses and stuff because uh, they don't want us to be exposed to them and they don't want them to be exposed to us. So, I got you. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy times we living in. Crazy times. And that's exactly what we we on here to talk with y'all about today. So, we're going to kind of go back to something old. Like, when we first started the podcast, we yeah. were getting guests on every week. It was just the four of us, the brothers of Black Wolf Renaissance, yeah, kind of talking just... to you guys about what's going on and, like, giving some insight and some perspective. So we kind of want to get back to that today. And on this episode, we want to talk about the coronavirus and like the economic impacts of it. Yeah. So like, he, man, this, 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 this feel very nostalgic. Cause it was definitely like around this time last year, <laughs> yeah. they really started popping this off, man. So, Hey man, I'm definitely excited to get back to this, man. So who, who going to pop yeah, it off? Who going to pop it off brothers? Kelly, I'll let you do the honors. Let me do the honors. Um, I'm curious to know everyone's intake on how they think the economic impact will be when we do come out of this epidemic or pandemic uh, of the coronavirus. Do you what do you see in the future for uh, the U.S. economy? Hey, that's a good question. It's a real good question. 
I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of shaking back. Um, with everything having to be on pause right now, and people like not being able to go to work, some people having to like you know change up they they money inflow, like they having to stop mortgages in some places, like stop renting some places, like with all this madness going on, it's going to be like a lot of uh, needed injection to the uh, economy to get it back to rolling how it was before, to get it back even close to what we used to see in this, like during this bull run. Hmm. I, I also like an effect with more people starting to see the necessity of like a side hustle or like a second income bringing in more money for them. I think more people are probably learning that, man, <clears throat> People wasn't BSing when they were talking about, you know, having a second source of income could really help you out. But I also feel like right now is even affecting some of those people such as landlords and everything because uh, David had put up a, a video last week and they're talking about you can't evict anybody in this time. So if somebody's not going to work and you're not getting paid now, your second source of income is kind of being cut off, mm-hmm. too. So I think... uh a lot of people will start getting a little bit more creative. A lot of people will start trying to figure out what they can do to become recession proof. Maybe uh, if that's, if that's the way you would like to word it or something, that's how I'm going to word it. Damn it. Uh, for me, the biggest thing I, I see for like this economy, I don't even want to think about the effects of like how long it's going to take for that to really recover. Cause it's really for me, no way to tell. But what I do see is this wave of financial literacy getting pushed a lot harder after that. Hmm. I do see that. Like, that's something I, I foresee because one thing that's going to change this whole thing, social media wasn't as big the first time around. That's right. It's, it's really big this time. And everybody has the free will to spread information. And with the the way people living right now, like we see it, the record levels of debt, like the just this unsustainable consumer type lifestyle. I think that's going to maybe get a, a like a, maybe a second look in the lens, like maybe put us a couple steps back and like get some people really trying to focus on their finances. And like Jalen said, start seeing how they can generate more income. Uh, I definitely see uh, a forthcoming recession for sure, maybe even a depression. But I think the biggest thing is going to be how people react to the unemployment um, because they already, the feds are already predicting that the unemployment is going to be 30%. Hmm. Now, mind you, in 08, at the highest peak, it was only 23.9%. So imagine, Damn. exactly, that's a whole 7% higher. So, like, I'm curious to see what what does that look like for the world to say, hey, out of, there's four people on the Zoom call, at least one of us ain't going to have a job. Like that, I'm curious to see how that looks in America. Mm. I think that's going to be that's going to be crazy because I don't think a lot of people are prepared for that I I know I wouldn't be ready to just like be out without my job tomorrow like I don't think a lot of people have been like stacking up and preparing to like be in the position to where if they if something like this were to happen and all the or a bunch of jobs were to get wiped out at one given time like it was in 08 again I don't think a lot of people are going to be ready for it especially not earning the potential to where they feel like they should already be. Hey, and that's something I was like thinking about too. Like the people that don't have the savings and everything, a lot of people might start taking that serious too. Like starting to try to really have a more, a larger safety cushion or a larger safety net with the effects of all of this. Because like you said, if if it hit 30%, that's a lot of people that's going to be without a job. That's a whole lot of people. And um, I really want to see what y'all's opinion on with the feds actually funding will kind of keep them trying to keep the economy afloat with Ooh. just kind of funding money into the economy, just kind of throwing money Man. at the economy. They, this is like the last ditch effort type stuff that they got going on. Like, I mean, we cutting rates down to target rates down to 0% for the first time since the financial crisis in this whole bull run. I like injecting money into the airlines. It's another bailout. We injecting money back into the economy. We buying back all these bonds. Like it's, it's bad out here, dog. <laughs> they, they trying to save it, but it's bad out here. And 
Kelly, um, I think you were talking about it earlier about how um, the no Democrats voted for the stimulus package. And I kind of want to dive into that too. And like how that, how this is going to have an effect on some of the things if they were to try to bail out. Um, why'd you say some of the people didn't uh, vote for it? They, the Democrats didn't vote for it because they felt like it wasn't harsh enough for the companies uh, when giving them this money. So basically in the current stimulus plan, if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. The companies could take the bailout from the government and basically still lay off people while taking that money. Also with that, they could still also have, there's not heavy regulations on them buying back their stock to make their stock price go up. So th- those are the two main reasons why the Democrats didn't vote. And I think personally, it's going to take a little time before we see a, a actual stimulus package uh, approved by the House and the, and everybody. Yeah, and I definitely think so, too. And David, uh, I know you had told me like a little bit about how the buyback works. Can you kind of go into detail about that? OK, so uh, I'll give you all a company in specific. I was looking into it, like why the Democrats feel that way. Uh, one company to look at is American Airlines. So over the past 10 years, what they've been doing over this bull run is as they've been making their profits and like the company has been going up, what they've been doing is instead of just like keep letting everybody remain with shareholders, they buy back a portion of their stock from shareholders with their profits, thus making the company more valuable because the company owns more of the company. So as they do that, they just kept driving the stock price higher and higher and higher. And they just kept repeating that process. And what they were really doing was driving a stock price up, but not really keeping cash reserves to prepare for a rainy day. Like we tell everybody to do like as a business, they should do that. Like we should do that as personal finance too. But yeah, that's really the the gist of it. They were using their profits to buy back ownership of the company just to really drive the price up. Hey, and actually you mentioned something not to get too far off topic, but uh, just to play a little devil's advocate. Uh, I did see a few little stuff like people was talking about it on Twitter where they was like, you know, if as far as preaching financial literacy, if these companies are needing bailouts and they're, you know, making all this money and stuff and they can't make it for like a month or two months in hand, how are we expecting people to be able to save three to six months of expenses when they don't make enough to be able to keep up with their expenses when companies make like way over and above? Mm. And when whenever I, read, whenever I read that, I had I talked to him about it, and, and he said something. He's like, you know, companies they they face a different type of pressure though. And I actually I had to think about it. I'm like, man, companies are putting out way more money than expected though. In companies like that, they're paying thousands of employees, thousands of employees. Mm-hmm. You got to pay operational costs. Uh, you probably you got to buy supplies. Jet fuel isn't cheap. You got to buy different things like that. So I had to kind of think at, think of it from a different scope of like everything that they truly have to buy in order to operate. And uh, from one of the uh, sources I was reading from, I forgot what it's called, um, but they said airlines typically made like 17 bucks per uh, per flight seat. So I'm, I'm kind of just looking at it a little bit of both ways. So, I, I don't know, but I definitely think that they should have some more cash on reserve, but they, I feel like they got to bleed it a little bit faster to, than keep, what, to yeah. keep up with the demand of everything. Like it's, it's one of those things. Like I just think it, it's hard to compare the two because from a personal level, yeah, like your responsibilities fairly aren't as great. Like uh, I, was, I was listening to Business Wars. And it was a story from Vince McMahon talking to the WWE employees. He was in here like, our revenue last year was 84 point something million dollars. And the employees got mad. He's like, man, you mean to tell me you made $84 million and I'm over here living off like peanuts and like struggling? And he like, but you didn't hear me. This is our revenue. Our losses 
were 80 seven million dollars we actually lost three million dollars the employee mind was blown because he was like dang i was worried about him screwing me over and i'm about to be out of a job i feel like it's that type of situation like yeah like you can't really judge it if you're not operating a business and trying to keep up with consumer demand i think the other thing is with a lot of these companies a lot of them are public traded companies and with that, they make promises to their investors, right? So somebody like Starbucks made a promise years ago that they would bring, they would basically give the value back to the investors from what they put in. And they made it a short-term goal, like two to three years. Well, they never met that goal. So what they did was take a loan and bought back their shares. So you, you got to think from a, of a business standpoint, when you make promises to these investors, uh, how sometimes you have to maneuver to bring out those promises so your stock price don't fall. That is a, that's a, a whole nother conversation right there with investors. Cause as an investor, as investors ourselves, you want to see the stock price go up. Right. Hmm. Uh, that's yeah. definitely true. That's definitely true. And I agree with y'all. I definitely agree. Uh, I think, I do think to a certain extent though, that people are right in having complaints about that considering that like, is how long has this like madness really been affecting the market? And I think that's one thing we would have to look at too. It's like if you, you know, if it's a only been like two, three weeks and y'all already need a bailout, it's a problem. Like it's some mismanagement of funds. But if it's like you can at least last a month or two, then you might at least be doing something to where you're keeping up with your money, you know, or at least being a tad bit more responsible. And I, I got a question for you. It's, it's kind of off topic. In my own, I don't want to go too far into down in the rabbit hole, but do y'all feel like with them pumping all that money into the economy, is it just gonna deflate the the dollar so they can bring out their new digital currency? Mm. That's it. Mm. I seen a couple people on on that bird that rumbling about uh buying Bitcoin for that very reason, but I don't I don't know I don't think to me it doesn't make sense because the value of Bitcoin is tied to the value of our dollar, like loosely because like what, what, what makes Bitcoin valuable? Whenever people purchase it more. And when they purchase it more, what they cash it out for? Dollars. So like, to me, it doesn't really make full sense, but Hey, who knows? What if I, what if it's their own digital currency? What if I, it's not Bitcoin, it's the U.S. government's own digital currency. Now that play would make sense. Pressure? Now Bitcoin, Bitcoin, I couldn't, I, I, I wouldn't per se think that they would like go all the way double down into that just because they can't control it. You know, like you don't want the whole premises of like money or like, like your, your currency for a country to be based on something that you can't even control. It's a finite number. Like, I don't think they will fool with that, but if they devalued the dollar and then introduced a new digital currency, Ooh, that might, hey, like Roman said, that'd be pressure. <laughs> but I mean, I could see it happening. Cause I mean, like that's, and that's something else with that we probably need to talk about. Like, so I'm, I'm excited for the, the proposed stimulus package. Cause shoot, like I'm, I'm a person with student loan debt, just like a lot of folks. And it was proposed to, you know, forgive about a minimum of ten thousand dollars in there. So I was pretty happy for one of the proposals that I was. Hold on, hold on, yeah. Hold on. yeah. But say that again. That was one of the it was proposals. in one of the proposals there was uh, to boost the economy after the pandemic is over, they were suggesting forgiving a minimum of ten thousand dollars worth of student loan debt for each person in student loan. I mean in student debt, excuse me, I said in student loan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that will make it through a Senate, dog. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> so, but it's like stuff like that, and then it's like stuff like the the money. So, like when they're talking about sending out these checks to people, it's like by just printing this money out of nowhere, out of thin air, with nothing to back it or nothing to add value for it to like what it's worth. That's going to essentially devalue the dollar and make the dollar like the piece of paper worthless. Just for like the followers or the listeners who may not have understood when we were saying like the devaluing of the dollar, them just printing or creating more of that imaginary currency 
makes it less like valuable. Isn't, isn't that what happened during the Great Depression too? Because I remember like back in middle school I, or something. I think that was in Germany, bro, when they was burning money because they had just printed too much. Yeah, of they, it. it it was somewhere they they were they printed too much of it. They were burning money, and so, it, I remember this picture vividly. It was like a person. They had they a were, wheelbarrow. The wheelbarrow. It was on it was like full, full, but there was like this much money was only able to purchase like some bread. And it's like that's how much they inflated their 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 uh dollar by. Yeah. So that's that's a scary, scary idea, actually. But I kind of do want to pivot back well, to deflated, sorry, not inflated, deflated their dollar by. I do want to pivot back to a couple of other uh the industries though, like that's gonna be affected by this this whole thing. So another thing that we had seen that was happening was that the this as a result of the coronavirus, everyone knows people have been forced in quarantine to, you know, kind of stay away from large groups. So several businesses have struggled as a result of that. Uh, one of them being the film industry. I mean, the movie industry, movie theaters are taking a beating right now. They all had to close because they're large gathering places. And right now, because of that, a lot of filmmakers are looking at releasing movies direct to streaming. <laughs> that That used to be a no, no, that used to be a no go. Like, it was a rule between the companies and the filmmakers that if you're going to release a film, you have to give us at least 90 days of this in here before it can go to renting. And I think it's, don't, don't quote me on it. I think it's a hundred days before it can go to streaming services. Hmm. But that like, if they not going to make these filmmakers money, they're going to go directly to streaming. So what y'all fellas think about this? I think a big check has to get cut. That, that is my honest opinion. Whether it be Netflix, Disney, whoever is the Hulu, whoever's the streaming service, they're gonna have to cut a fat check to that that movie company because these guys are having to. They're gonna have to see the revenue at some point. Like I also, I also don't think it's gonna be like the type of streaming we think. I think that might be like a movie that you can rent directly from the streaming thing instead of you being able to just watch it like straight directly on there. I think it'll probably be more of them like okay, like a rental. yeah, like you got you might have to pay like twenty dollars to rent this movie for maybe like a week or something like that. I don't know. People might they, that. I feel like that might be where they try to combat that and try to make make up their money because they're gonna lose ticket sales. But if you put it on those sites and you kind of charge a little rental fee, give you like like I said a week to watch it. You can still sit at home. And it, it gives you, I feel like that's, that's better of a negotiation or a better bargain. But other than that, like you said, it would have to be a large check. I don't, I don't, I don't see that check being able to be, to be writable. Like, like I don't see, I don't see that working because the thing is, is like, so you have movies that come out and make lots and lots of money. So like the Avengers and different stuff like that, where it come out and they're making crazy amounts of money off of these is Netflix any streaming service in general going to be able to pay to keep up with these movie releases for what they would have lost in a ticket, like in, in a ticket box. And at that point, is it worth it for them to put as much money into the movie if they're not going to make it back? I think you're going to have ones that like, like the Avengers people like, like the shows and movies like that. You're not going to see them come approach on Netflix. I don't think. No, that's why Disney plus is here. Exactly. But between that and then, I don't think that they know that they're going to make a lot more money if they just sit there and wait. Like, the movie's already made, so let's just sit here and wait until this ball's over. Now, that's fair. When you have movies that struggle for funding or that are not going to make as much money in the movies anyway, I think you have those type of movies go to Netflix and streaming services. Got you. Hmm. I don't know. I did want to hop in just real, real quick to interject like to something that we had said before. That was, uh, you were correct, that was Germany, Jalen. Uh, they were hit by one of the worst cases of hyperinflation in history. At one point, 4.2 trillion German marks, I'm guessing that was like per dollar, was worth one American dollar. So 4.2 trillion was worth one American dollar. Yikes. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, if if they keep on printing out more money than we need, I I definitely do see possibly our dollar getting weakened. Yo, so we're gonna jump into the next little section that we had uh, planned for this. 
Well, one of the other uh, companies that we kind of wanted to talk about being affected by this is like commercial real estate and uh, REITs and malls and stuff like that. I know that that's another sector that's kind of getting slammed right now. It'll be like the consumer spending and the actual people going into malls and things like that. And uh, Jared, when we were off camera, you were talking about it, how, how we, you notice Malls are starting to struggle anywhere. You go into a mall, you see a lot less people. Um, people aren't online. So how can this virus really affect how these certain sectors might have some longevity if they have some? I think um, depending upon how long uh, the the rules are, the laws and rules and stuff are in places to like to where people can't go out and be able to go to those malls and stuff. Cause like you said, they were already on their last leg. Like people wouldn't, people were doing more online shopping than they were doing in person at brick and mortar stores anyway. So on top of that, you throw in the fact that now I can't go to the mall or I can't go to do any of that type of stuff. It's like, yeah, I, I see them. It, it might be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back if it lasts too long. I definitely see malls going eventually going out of business, um, just because I do see this this virus not necessarily lasting a super long time, but I do see it lasting for a little while. And with that, people are going to get used to being able to shop online, being able to do everything virtually. So I don't I don't see it lasting with the malls and having foot traffic through there. And. I could see that too. With that, I've been seeing like these headlines, people talking about the new norm and all of that. And I think that that's some of the new norm that they're talking about. Like people being more comfortable with ordering online, maybe sending stuff back uh, more often. Because yeah, I yeah, through, through UPS or yeah, something like I, that. I know yeah. that's another reason why a lot of people don't order online. They're like, if I order online, I can't bring it back if it don't fit or whatever. I don't want to go through the hassle. So I feel like this might have to force them into that play of hand and stuff like that. Yeah, that moving into that that mobile economy that people talk about. That's that's the thing. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know about us going directly there. I don't think that's that's direct the direct path we're headed on. Yeah. But over time, I definitely see it getting there. Like us getting so used to being a remote society, like we don't necessarily have to be there. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To spend our money or make our money. Yeah, I can definitely see that, too. With more people starting to work from home, too. I think that that might be something that a lot of people might be. This might be like an awakening thing. Like, oh, man, I don't have to have these people in the office for them to get work done. I can have them at home. And it might start saving companies a little bit more money. And now you're just paying, you you being paid from working from home. And that's actually one of the principles of the four-hour work week. If y'all haven't checked that out, y'all definitely should. And also, uh, off camera, when we were talking about this, uh, Kelly was saying <laughs> to be watching out for my, my REITs because some of my REITs have uh, commercial properties in them. And uh, I know we did want to talk a little bit about how the stock market has been affected by uh, the coronavirus as well, too. Yeah, uh, definitely. Oh, I was just saying, definitely. Uh, that's a thing that I definitely want to reiterate that a lot of these REITs are built into the malls and shopping centers. And if the government doesn't bail out some of these retailers, you could see a lot of these REITs go down fast and hard. Well, I already see my percentages dropping. I'm, I'm just, you know, at this point, I'm either waiting for the dagger or it's, you know, it's going to come back. It's one or the other. And, and the way that that affects it, with REITs, you make most of your money off of high-end dividend uh, yields, right? Yeah, so, so 90, oh, 90% I'll, of what they make, basically, they have to give back to the shareholders. Yeah. So that's their requirement. So the lower that that REIT is, the less you're getting back on your return. Correct. Yeah. Like if you they not if the businesses can't pay their rent yeah. for the the REIT, the REIT's not gonna make no money. They're gonna have to foreclose on the business. The business got to get kicked out. Like it, it's going your REIT not gonna make nothing because the business itself is the, is what's funding the the, the real REIT. estate company that's making the money. 
Yeah. So when everything running smooth, I get my dividends. But when things go crazy like they are right now and people got to get evicted, I don't get my bread. So we're going to see how that goes. I've been getting my dividends so far, though. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. Long as they keep paying me. But there are, there are REITs that, that do have decent um, decent assets that, that form well in a bear market, such as REITs that, that own hospitals, mm-hmm. that, that actually own hospitals and research labs and all that good stuff. Those REITs are, are doing very well in this type of market because of the, the times that we're in with the coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, that's that's an interesting uh, take on it. I mean, the other REITs, they own residential real estate, commercial, like apartment buildings. So they they probably won't be as affected unless people become unable to pay their rents. Speaking of REITs and stocks in general, uh, I did want to see <laughs> if y'all had heard about something, kind of hopping to the uh, the gossip mill for a second. Had y'all heard oh. about those senators <laughs> that had gotten in trouble? For uh, seemingly insider trading on uh, congressional information, how do y'all feel about that? Well, 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 well. I did not know this was a thing until prior to this episode, but apparently, insider trading was very, very legal for oh, yeah. Congress people up until 2012, when our good old President Barack Obama. Shout out to my dude, man. We miss him, dog. You miss him, dog. He passed the Stock Act, the Stop trading on congressional knowledge act which stopped the congress people from being able to actually take advantage of this information and make it actual insider trading so it's crazy these people went ahead like they got briefed for the coronavirus i believe it was in mid-january they got briefed and they like they told them how bad this was going to be for the u.s economy and they the senators then came out after that meeting and told us don't worry Everything's going to be fine. You have nothing to panic about. And these same senators went that night or in the next coming days and offloaded millions of dollars of stock (laughs) from the markets that would be affected and started placing them in several other places that they know would benefit from the effects of the coronavirus, such as uh, telecommunications companies like Zoom, GoToMeeting, and uh, medical industry companies, like we mentioned earlier. So yeah, that's that's what they did. They them dirty dogs. <laughs> See now, at first I was I was like, you know, why y'all mad at them? But now I fully understand this. You dirty scoundrels. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> wow. They had some people so mad they were like, bro, it's it's kind of hopeless to even worry about financial literacy at a certain point because it's like, bro, how am I gonna try to win in a rig game? To- that is that rigged, which I disagree with, but some people were saying that. And I could kind of see where they were coming from. Because I mean, that's hella rigged. <laughs> All I gotta say is them senators need to go to, to jail. So that I I don't see how they shouldn't go to jail for this insider trading. Well, hold on, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Let me tell you. So from what I read, <laughs> the way that uh it seems that these guys are gonna try to finesse their way out of the situation is uh, all of them are basically saying that they don't handle their own money. Uh, they're saying basically they give their money to financial advisors, third-party companies, other folks that make the trades for them, make the uh, like the moves for them. And so, for example, like one of the guys, um, I can't remember his particular name, y'all have to look it up and do diligence on the research, but he was saying that like every since he had like gotten elected, he knew that he was trying to get out of holding individual stocks and out of a situation like this. So he already had his advisor selling his portfolio and moving it into like mutual funds. Well, like that sounds good and all, but you know what I'm saying? When you made some major sell-offs right before this happened, it looks really bad. So, I mean, but that's the, that's the main defense that I was seeing for everybody. They were like, I don't handle my which is something I saw a lot of people on social media saying too, that like these people shouldn't be able to trade in the stock market. Do y'all feel like, do y'all agree with that? You dirty scoundrel. (laughs) I ain't gonna lie. I don't think that they shouldn't be able to trade, but they definitely should have to have like some type of waiting period on this. Like, okay, yeah, we told y'all, but until we make this public information, y'all can't do nothing about it. That way it's fair game. I also... what you got, Kelly? 
I was just saying, I think it should definitely should be higher regulated. I don't think it's regulated enough for these government officials who know insider stuff, especially about these different diseases or different economic impacts that's going to happen in the future. I don't think it's regulated enough to, to and it, it creates a disadvantage in the stock market and the economic uh, overview. So I, I don't know. I, th- I definitely think it should be heavily regulated for those in, in government officials. And I'm going to piggyback off of that with the regulation. Uh, I'm thinking that there should be like a certain cap that they're able to invest like per year too. Because Jared, didn't you say one guy like put like 1.2 million out of one stock? Like that's ridiculous, bro. Like, come on, my brother. Like why are you moving all of that so quick, so fast, man? <laughs> No, they, they they was definitely moving large, large amounts of bread in stock. Like and it was it was fairly quick moves. And like Kelly said, a lot of them were happening around that January time after they had been briefed. So it's been raising a lot of questions. Yeah, I just want to put some names to this so y'all just know who getting accused of this activity. So Go we Google got, these folks. We got the 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 North Carolina Republican uh Richard Burr. He's a senator. We also have Senator uh, Kelly Loeffler from where is where is Kelly from? From Georgia. Kelly's from Georgia. So these are two of the people, the names that are accused. So if y'all voted for them, y'all know what happened with y'all goddamn vote. <laughs> Start making the people better. Now he didn't put them out like that. Hey, it is what it is. But low key being the senator is the play. So until they change the rules, that's my plan. <laughs> so sticking with the uh, the stock market, I kind of wanted to get y'all's ideas on Disney because Disney is closing all of their parks as well as their cruise ships. Um, and I just wanted to see y'all's opinion. That accounts for a very large percentage of the revenue. And I just want to know y'all's opinion as far as do you see somebody like an Apple buying them out? Somebody that has a lot of cash on hand to buy them out or buy a piece of their business. I'm glad you mentioned Apple just because I want to say something real quick. We talked about financial literacy and businesses mismanaging money earlier. If we got a story of some business managing some money, right? We got the story of Apple. Apple has $343 billion in cash reserves. They've been waiting for this day. <laughs> For real though, like how 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 you do that? Like hey. Apple was like, okay, we just gonna keep on stashing and just keep on like that. That's that's ridiculously insane, bro. Apple got a read. I got some. Dang, but I I don't know, man. I don't I don't necessarily see Disney. You don't think selling. Disney's other streams could keep them floating yeah, while this going on? They like, have. To- they would have to do something significant with the Disney streaming services they, for them to come out of this very strong. Because you got to remember that ESPN is one of the biggest profiters too. Yeah. And that's not showing yeah. anything. They got nothing to talk about. So Disney really just got hit kind of all fronts by the corona. So like you you messed up my cruises. You shut down my parts. My and then you come back, and then my 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 money maker on my streaming is for sports, and I can't none of them play. And you know they're actually losing money on the streaming service. So already, yeah, like that because that price point they charging, like whenever you got cable, they charging you like ten bucks to have direct, like in, like to have ESPN and the sports package and all that. That's like the most expensive channel. They charging you sixteen dollars for all of Disney. ESPN and don't you get to see like Marvel movies on there or something? So yeah. I ain't never been on yeah. Disney Plus, guys. Yeah, you get to watch uh, Marvel like, movies with the sixteen. You get like Hulu and Disney and ESPN Plus, all of it together. Yeah, those were all services that were like six or seven dollars a piece at one point, right? So, do you guys think that maybe another streaming service or even maybe even Apple buy uh, a piece of maybe like some of their networks. So they have ABC, they have Fox, they have FX. Do you see them buying one of them to put on their streaming service? To mm. give Disney cash. That'd be a power play if they would. But then, like like you said, they own stuff like ABC, bro. 
people watching ABC. People are watching ABC. That's why the news is being uh, streamed. But that's that's we go back to the earlier conversation we was having. Business it costs to run the motherfuckers. Like, like they still gotta pay people, even though people can't go to work. Right? Is that part of the thing? Like that? That's a thing, right? It's definitely a thing. They're still paying. Most of the news people still working. Disney, bro. They Dude. got a lot of obligations. You got the cruise yeah, yeah, lines, yeah, yeah. you got the parks. Yeah, I'm tripping. You employing a I'm lot tripping, of people. Tripping, tripping. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Liquidating part of their, their TV portfolio probably wouldn't hurt them. And I could see Apple, like, with the way everything is shifting towards streaming, I could really see that being realistic. Like, trying to acquire networks and, like, the programming the networks own. I definitely see that with Apple. I think Apple is definitely going to try to push the streaming service during this time. It's I a, I mean, it's a great move for them. We already got their phones. Didn't uh, the banker come out like straight to Apple TV the other day? Yep. Yeah. Can I watch it on my phone? You got Apple TV. Have one of the newer phones. You could get the like the seven day free trial. Then after that, you got to pay four ninety nine. Ooh. Oh yeah, they hitting you with that ooh wiki. <laughs> I can't, I can't hit them with a fast one because they got my phone. That, them damn bastards! <laughs> you can, you can cancel the subscription after the seven days. Hey man, Apple find a way to get it out, you dog. Oh yeah, they coming over like the Grove sisters with the hand out. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. That actually, matter of fact, you saying that kind of let let me think about uh, another thing that we <laughs> another thing I wanted to pivot to and talk about. Uh, with like watching your subscriptions and making sure you're saving money and stuff. What are y'all doing to like prepare yourselves and to invest? Like, what are y'all doing in this transition into this next market? Like, I know a lot of people didn't have the opportunity to see the whole recession happen as it was going with 2008. And, you know, they'd be like, man, I would have bought, you know, da 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 at that given time. So, like, what are y'all doing to try to prepare? Well, I've been preparing for this moment for all my life. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, <laughs> nigga, that's how I feel. No, I'm just playing. But uh, no, with with this, I think the biggest thing you should do is like really making sure you have these cash reserves, like stacking your cash in a time like this because assets, they on sale. You can crop some assets, but you want to have like the res- the cash reserves or securing the credit, like now, before it goes away, like before they dry it up, so that you can have money to access to buy these assets whenever like we finally get to the real part of this sale. Yeah, because I know with some people, like they were saying that this is not the biggest sell-off point, that they're, they're predicting that this is not the biggest sell-off point. But you never really know what's the true bottom. But like you said, just just – being prepared and stacking up that bread, stacking up the cash, and little by little, even investing, like you said, into assets. And little by little, might buy like one or two stocks here if you can afford it, or whatever you really can afford. If you have enough money to say, okay, I can buy 10 shares of a high stock that's on sale right now, buy it. But also, you can make money doing shorting the market too. I know that's how a lot of people are making some bread right now. They're shorting the market because the prices is going down. So um, take some of that time to really start developing skills on learning how to look at charts and learning how to start trading certain options so you can really start making you some plays like that. And I feel like that's another way you can take advantage of the market decreasing and you can put some of that money back into the market once it starts to go back up. I got one thing. Invest in yourself. Mm. Yes. Invest in yourself during this time. Y'all, a lot of people are sitting at home making TikToks. Not yeah. Nothing. Or out your mind because you got to sit at home in quarantine. Why don't you read some books, look at some YouTube videos, you know, watch and maybe even buy a course and, and start doing a course and figuring out what is it that you want to do in your investing uh, life? Like, what do you want to do whenever this market comes back up? and be very proficient in it whenever it does come back up because you were taking that time while it was down to learn and perfect that craft. The only thing, my main thing uh, or piece of advice is like, 
look for the discounts like start looking now for the discounts like uh for example there was a um chart that was flowing around on different places talking about like different stocks right now that are sub 100 dollars that usually are not sub 100 dollars. i think disney was like one of the ones that was on that list so like with that being said under 100 dollars, my good sir disney is like 80 just to throw it out there for those looking for stocks to buy just throwing it out there Hey, what was the high that it hit not long ago? I believe one forty, my good sir. Oof! Hey, that is a great. That's a great price. That's a great price. So, hey, I'm not a financial advisor, and I can't give you stock advice. Do your research, though. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Kelly, I'm glad you mentioned investing in yourself, bro. Because investing in yourself, that's like the most really important thing. I'm I'm mad I ain't touch on that. Like in this time right now. You need to be investing in yourself and really like preparing yourself with the education to take yourself to the next level. So I advise everybody on here to check out our ebook, Manage Your Money Like the 1%. It's a step-by-step guide on how you can get your finances together and start investing. Like we talk about all the different investment vehicles, give you some education, some information, so you can start taking action to improve your, your financial future. Hmm. <clears throat> I like that too, because like like Kelly said, y'all a lot of people sitting home making TikToks and being entertained. We should really take this time out to inform ourselves. I really think just cleanse our mind, cleanse our body. Take this time to really just say, okay, I'm gonna stop eating from fast food too. Like just start kick, cooking at home. You don't have an excuse. A lot of us are starting to be forced to be at home, so we should take this time to really just focus on like self-centering ourselves and really just finding that that inner, not even gonna say peace, but that inner inner balance where we can really just start learning more about ourselves. Uh, you can start learning more about your finances, learning more about what the world has to offer. So once all of this is over with, we can start to capitalize on those opportunities that you learn about. Uh, my, my biggest thing, uh, just preparation for what's going on right now for everybody is just to, like I said, watch watch the discounts, like watch the prices drop. Uh, look at what's going on in different industries, especially any that you're interested in investing in. Look and see like what's happening to those. Like. If you were a landlord, would you be comfortable with not being able to be paid rent in a time like this? You know, like, uh, is that the only source of income that you really want to focus on? Just thinking about the different things that this entails as far as your entrepreneurial future and your financial freedom future, whether you were just planning on like, uh, doing like one episode before we had talked with Irish Journey where they invest in a bunch of index funds and they basically live off of their dividends or like the Wall Street Trapper where he does. Like watching those different things as far as what's going on in the market and preparing yourself so that whenever you are in the game, you're prepared for how the game can go when it does go left or when it does go good. All right, one last thing. Uh, I believe this this here downturn that we're in is either gonna it's gonna either make or break a lot of people. Don't be the one that it breaks. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a, that's, that's a, a that's a word right there. I like that. So um, <laughs> oh, that boy got that wrong, man. No, I don't. Don't, don't let that. Don't. Hey, that's that's fake news. <laughs> fake news. We're wrapping up the episode. This man. is totally an. Un- not fake news, people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So look, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in week in, week out, checking out the Black Wolf Renaissance podcast, liking, subscribing, uh, sharing it with your friends. We love hearing feedback from you guys. So please be sure to leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Uh, like we said, it was a, go, it was a, a nostalgic a moment. Yeah, a yeah. So if y'all want to hear more stuff like this from us, when we just kind of talk and y'all get to kind of see some of our viewpoints on things, y'all let us know in the comments. Give us some thumbs up, rate us, and just let us know what y'all what y'all like. And if there's any more topics or anything that y'all want us to cover or want us to talk about, especially with what's going on in the current times, uh, just let us know. You know, drop us a question, drop us a comment, uh, and we'll be sure to try to get to that. Everybody stay safe out there. Be safe in your quarantine, guys.
Wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. And with that, this is Black Wealth Renaissance signing out. Peace. Cue the damn music. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathon. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money. Privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.